Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Thanks, worship team. I'm back again. I'm up here again. (laughs) All good. I'll be sick of my own voice by the end of this morning, but... um, Wonderful, wonderful. I love God's Word, and we're going to get straight into it. We're in this series called... Yeah, just, just in case you forget what the series is, this is the object lesson. Sky actually made me this shirt last night. She's got a new little cool machine. And uh, so for $19.95, you can get your... Not really, not really. <laughs> $29.95, yeah. But uh, that's cool. I said, oh, well, they'll remember my sermon. Make me one which says Holy Spirit with the dove. So cool. And last week, Luke actually did a fantastic job. We're so blessed with young preachers in this, in this church. Yeah. Is. Luke, I just love his insights that he brings and the, and the teaching gift that he has and look forward to really seeing that more developed. He does quite a bit of actually speaking now around the place at 2J and Parkerville. So it's great to see his giftings growing and releasing. And, and you know, it's really easy to often see them type of gifts because they're, they're visible. But, you know, there are gifts all over this church. And, and my heart and our heart as a leadership is that they all would develop and be flourished. And not all of them are visible, easy to see gifts from the front. Amen. In fact, the most important parts of the body are the parts you cannot see. Uh, the mouth, you can see the mouth, but who knows, would you rather have a heart or a mouth? You know what I'm talking about? We'd rather have, have organs that function. And so there's so many parts of our body that we don't see, but they're all just as important. Amen. And so you are a part of the body of Christ here, globally, here at Kalamunda. If this is your church or if you're thinking about it, don't miss tonight. Even if you're not a volunteer and you, you're, you, you um, have been coming along, come along at 5 p.m. tonight. Bring something to share on the grazing table from 5. We're going to share around that at 5. And then we're going to have a time in here with Pastor Phil McCourt. And Pastor Phil was my senior pastor in 2013 in Victoria, where me and Sky made a decision to uh, just go to a town where we knew nobody and take on a youth pastor position. And I did it purposely. The reason I actually went and took that job on, we weren't there for long, less than 12 months, in fact, um, long story. But the reason I went from being in senior ministry to take a youth ministry position was to be under the leadership of Phil and Tracy. And so that year, even though short, really impacted me and Sky, and we learned so much. And tonight, I'm so blessed that he's going to come and impart into the life of our church, and he's got something on his heart to share and to inspire us with serving and why we do what we do. So that'll be, uh, that'll be yeah, 5 p.m., bit of food and share, and then we'll kick off into that and should be finished by about 6.30 around there. So do come, even if you're not serving, but you're interested, just come. You, everyone is welcome, okay? Everyone's welcome. So we're in this series on the Holy Spirit. Luke kicked it, and it didn't kick it off he continued on uh, last week and he talked about this phrase that I gave him which was interesting about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and you know that the Holy Spirit is God's presence theologically on earth today you know God the Father and Jesus at the right hand of the Father and he's released and sent the Holy Spirit so every church should be a spirit-filled and spirit-led church if you took the Holy Spirit out of our church the question is would anything be different and there should be the resounding yes, but there are some churches, if, if, you, if you took the Holy Spirit out of some churches, it would just continue the same. And my heart is that is not Calamunda. We need him. We rely on him. I need him for preaching. 
Amen? You know when the Holy Spirit is on a sermon because it's like time stands still. You know when he's not because you're like, you're like, come on, can we get out of here? I'm hungry. But when the Holy Spirit's on something, time just stands still. He's just, he quickens things. He's amazing. And we love the Holy Spirit. And the fellowship is, is a, a strong word. It's more than just, it's intimate. It's relationship. It's connected. And, and Luke talked about when we quench and grieve him, we're not to quench him, which is to cut off the flow. And we're not to grieve him, which is to make him sad through, uh, through, through squashing him and things like that. And so I love how what he talked about was we can, we can stop the flow of the gifts and we can stop the manifestation of the fruit when we grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. Because who knows, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's not an electricity. He's not, some, you know, I've got the Holy Spirit and I'm, I've got power. He's all these things. But essentially, he's the third member of the Godhead. He's as much God as Jesus. It's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. He is God and we need him and, it's, and, 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 uh, and we love him here. And so I'm going to kick off today. We're going to be talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to be, yeah, yeah, thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited about the fruit. You know, it's funny. A lot of people get excited about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, about the gifts and the, the ta-da moments and all that. I'm more excited about the fruit. Amen. I think the fruit is as powerful as the gifts, as you're going to see in a moment. But I want to first, before I do that, no, I'm going to go straight there. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save that. It's all good. So uh, the Bible talks a lot about fruit, really a lot about fruit. Right from the Genesis talks about fruit. Revelation, the last chapter, talks about fruit. And all through, Jesus is quite concerned about fruit. Before we get into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which if you've got your Bibles, is in Galatians 5, and I would love you to go there, um, verse 16, where we're going to start. But Jesus said this in John chapter 15, verse 5. He said, I am the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. Jesus. He's the vine. You are, speaking of us disciples, we are the branches. So turn to the person next to you and say, you're a branch. You're a branch. (laughs) You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you... You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then in verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you could go and perform signs and wonders. No, that, that's all good. We want signs and wonders. I'm not against that. I think that's fantastic. And that's, that's biblical. But it actually says, so that you can go and bear fruit. And some of that fruit may be signs and wonders, by the way. Um, fruit that will last. See, God wants, is looking for a fruitful church, but he does know that fruitfulness really comes from faithfulness. So we're not focusing on how do we get this fruit, we're focusing on what do we need to be faithful to, to produce fruit in our life. Who knows, if you're a faithful husband, a faithful wife, you'll have a fruitful, hopefully, relationship, yeah? Faithfulness and fruitfulness. So we're talking about releasing fruit today. We're going to go to Galatians, I'm going to go there, I'm not sure what's on the, what, whether this is the same translation. I think I, did, I think I did NIV and New King James. I love the New King James, by the way, just side note. That's one of my favorites. Anyway, okay, Galatians 5, 16 says this. So I say, Paul says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So overcoming your flesh, overcoming your sinful habits, overcoming that part of your life is not just by saying no to it. 
It's actually by saying yes to the Holy Spirit. He says, walk by the Spirit and it will naturally happen. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Notice he talks about two things, flesh and spirit. And we're not talking about physical flesh. We're talking about your old sinful nature. You know, people that are not Christians, people that don't have the Spirit in them, people that are not believers of following Jesus, they are sin factories. So please, let's not get surprised when sinners sin. It's what we do. You know, we, we can be so judgmental, can't we? I want you to know if you're not a Christian this morning, we don't judge you for your sin. We expect you to sin. You're a sin factory. It's what you produce. Sinners produce sin. Apples, trees produce apples. But it says here, uh, with not only the flesh, but there is the spirit. Because we have now the Holy Spirit right here, right here. If you want to meet him, just look down. That's why when you say, Grace, you bow your head to talk to God. He's there. He's in there. He's in you. He lives here. He's the Holy Spirit. And you can look at him. He's inside of you. And so it's saying that there's this wrestle between what God has for your life and what your, what your old sinful nature tries to get you to do. And there's this battle going on, it's saying. Uh, it says this in 19, if you want to have a look at what it looks like when we yield or give over to our old sinful nature, the flesh. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Am I describing anybody's week right now? <laughs> Side note, this is written to Christians. Galatians wasn't written to non-Christians. The, okay. <laughs> this is the church. This is the church. Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, Factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I'll never forget. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> wait for it. I'm not going to. When this verse, I've got to say this. I didn't even plan this. This is so good. I had a young guy in, back in the early days of youth ministry become a Christian, very young from an atheistic family, started coming to church. And back in the day of old Church of Christ tradition, you would get up and they would do a reading. Like there was like the traditional read. No one knew what it was. It had nothing to do with the sermon. It was just a reading out of the Bible. And this guy gets up and his reading today is from Galatians. And he read, read that bit and it's like, gets to orgies. And my young mate, who's just a brand new Christian, just starts, he's like, he's like bursting out in laughter in front of the whole church. I'm like, shh. He goes, is that in the Bible? <laughs> oh, man, it was so funny that, that day. But um. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, or another version is those who practice this. It's like they're trying to get better at it. Those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Does that mean they will not be saved? They will go to hell? Maybe not. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it's saying those who practice these things, those who are uh, in these things, will not necessarily not be saved, but they will not inherit the kingdom inheritance that God has for them, even on earth. I don't know if you have ever done something and regretted it, and lost a part of your kingdom inheritance. But every time you yield to your flesh, that is what happens. You lose what God was wanting to do in that part of your life because you're giving over and yielding to the enemy's plans, not God's plans, and you're losing an inheritance there. So it's so important to realize that God is like, he's not angry at, he's not trying to, he's not a behavioral correction type policeman like that. He just wants the best for you. 
He wants your choices to manifest blessings. So this is really interesting um, about our inheritance, which I want to, but then it goes on. This is where where it gets good. The word but is very important in the Bible. In fact, where you put your but is very important in the Bible in so many verses because but changes everything, by the way. Um, So here it goes. So, So instead of the enemy, instead of letting the enemy steal from you, this is where verse 22 he goes, but, so the word but there means in contrast to. So in contrast to what the flesh, giving into, yielding to the flesh will do in your life, but it says this, the fruit of the Spirit. Notice, singular. It doesn't say the fruits. It's one fruit. You're like, oh, I thought it was the fruits. No, it's one fruit of the Spirit. Otherwise, it would say the fruit of the Spirit are, or the fruits of the Spirit are. It says the fruit, the one fruit of the Spirit is, singular, love, joy, Peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to get through the fruit of the Spirit today. In fact, I'm not even even going to get to one of them. I'm just going to give a little introductionary, some few thoughts about this. That's why we start church at nine around here, I assume, is because so I can get a longer sermon in and you're not feeling like you've got to rush off. Amen? It's a rush. <laughs> anyway, um, but I do want to give some introductory thoughts to prepare you for the fruit of the Spirit because it is so important. In fact, my next quote on the screen says this, the development of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is absolutely essential in manifesting Jesus and, and receiving our inheritance, living in your divine inheritance now that God's got for us. The fruit of the Spirit is essential. Notice it's not fruit. We're not, we, we at Calamunda don't want to be a church that's all gifts or all fruit. Because we need both, and both are as important as each other, right? There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned, and there are nine parts of the fruit of the, of the Spirit. There's a reason why God does that, is because He's saying there is a balance. And I want a balance in my church that is both full of the fruit and full of the gifts. Here's why. There's nothing more, there's nothing that is more... How do you say it? There's nothing that turns people off more than great gifts with no fruit. There's nothing that detracts people from Christianity than great charisma and terrible character. There's nothing worse than a rude Christian. It's the truth. And so we need fruit, we need character, and we need charisma. Someone once said, your gift will get you in the room, your character will keep you there. And so the fruit is so important because without the fruit, the gifts don't flow effectively. But when we are really manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts flow so much better and actually have more of an impact because they're flown through the filter of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. Do you see what I mean? The fruit, are so, that's why we're doing the fruit before we do the gifts. And we will get into the gifts. And someone said to me at a meeting this week, they said, oh, you can't talk about the gifts. It divides churches. And I said, well, I'm praying and hoping that Kalamunda is mature enough to be able to handle talking about the gifts of the Spirit without getting divisive. Yeah? Amen? Amen. So that's where we're going, by the way. Put on your seatbelts. But the fruit and the gifts are both important. It's not like, oh, we're a gift. We're all about. You might be a Christian that says, oh, I'm just all about the fruit. Well, you need both. 
You need the gifts and the fruit. And the purpose of the fruit, in, notice you need both. The reason I back that up in Scripture is the disciples in Acts had both, but also Jesus has both. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion, the fruit, and he healed the power, the gifts. And it flowed fruit and gifts, and, and, and that, that is Jesus. And the thing is that the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit in our life is to be like, become more like Jesus to feed a hungry world, the fruit. To feed a hungry world. To, I'm going to use this word a lot. My family are getting sick of me saying it this week when I dropped them off at school. I said, make sure you manifest Jesus today. Manifest Jesus. I think my kids are like, well, what does manifest mean? To manifest, to come to reality, to bring to light, to, bring, to reveal, to bring into the open Jesus. And that the fruit is actually for us to manifest Jesus to the world. That, that's what it's actually the purpose is. The fruit is not for you. So I've got a few points. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Number one, uh, not you, to help you in this, to set us up for this series, is know that the fruit is already in you. This is really important. The fruit, you already have it. You don't, you're not trying to get it. If you're a Christian, that is. If you're born again, you've got the Spirit of God in you. You already have it. And it's not a matter of trying to get it. You might be like, well, I'm just not really a gentle person. Uh, sorry to give you the news. You actually are in your spirit. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit in you, is gentle, is loving, is joyful you already have all these things and they are a weapon for your life they really are because you can draw these out you don't need to wait till five years time when you've done enough theology and bible college to draw them out by the way that does that's not how the fruit works some people are like now listen i will say this of course fruit grows i get that you've got to cultivate fruit it's developed you get stronger in it but i'm here to tell you you've got the exact same love that jesus has on, for you, for God and you, in you right now. You can draw that out full capacity and the question is not um, growing in it as much as, as it is yielding to what is in you, the Holy Spirit. When you yield to Him, the fruit comes out. And it's actually a practice of yielding, not trying to produce. Who knows that you can't produce fruit? It's already there. God's producing it in and through you. That'll wait more. So this is really makes no excuses for Christians to be rude, to be, as I said, to, to not show the fruit of the Spirit. There is no excuse because every Christian has it. It is in you. And yes, it needs to be developed and grown, but it is all there 100%. And this was a game changer for me in my Christian walk to know that, to know that when I'm going through the most horrible time, I can draw on joy that is in me already. I can draw on it and yield to it because God has put it there. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and it makes me become more like Jesus and I offer it to a starving world around me who need that joy. And they look at you and you go, how do you have joy? Well, it's not in my situation, it's in my salvation. And you offer it and it comes out. I heard one preacher say that inside of you is, there is like two dogs, a black dog and a white dog, black representing sin, white representing good, bad, good. And these dogs are, are fighting and fighting to have control, control. And they, you know, they want to lead you and lead you. And they, this preacher said, he said, you just got to make sure you f what, the dog that wins is the dog you feed. But I've got some good news for that preacher. The, the bad dog got ran over at the cross of Jesus Christ and he's dead. 
So no more of these excuses, I've got this bad. The Bible says, Paul says, reckon yourself to be dead to sin. In other words, the old you, yes, I know it influences me, influences you. I know it draws us to make wrong decisions. It draws us to react and say things that we wish we could take back. I'm not denying that, but I'm not agreeing that he's alive. The old me is dead. Reckon yourselves to be dead. Paul said the old man died with Christ. He said he's with you. He died with Christ and I'm now a new creation. So you, we give too much power to the old person. And we go, oh, well, I'm just, oh, that's just me. It's not you. It's not you. That's, that's the dead you. Stop letting a dead person ruin your life. The new you is the, is the new creation created in Christ Jesus. And that's the one that we need to let dominate. And of course, I get the analogy, feed it. We need to know and grow, and, and I think that's good. But I really want to encourage you, you already have all the fruit. They said it this way, those who belong to Christ Jesus have, past tense, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's, that's an interesting verse, isn't it? Have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, it's recognizing you. Here's the big thing. Here it is. You ready? It's recognizing you have the choice and you have the power to yield to the Spirit. The devil made me do it. Nah. In fact, I think the bigger enemy for Brad than the devil is Brad. He does more damage to my life than the devil's doing. It's me. It's when I'm not yielding to what God would want, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm actually reacting and these things are coming out of me and I'm like, where's that come from? It's the old me. He's dead. Oh, that's right. I've got to have that funeral again. You're dead. I'm new in Christ. And it's becoming these things uh, that are you. I want you to know this morning that your fruit inside of you is stronger than your flesh. The fruit inside of you is stronger than your flesh. The second thing I'd love to encourage you with is that not only know that you've already got it, because that makes a big difference, you've already got it. Oop, on my last page, we're nearly there. We've already got it, but... Oh, hang on. I'm on Mr. Page. It's all good. I'm back to that page. Is that we need to yield to the Spirit, as I've said. I just want to hit on that to help you, to help me. So we, while we don't force this love, joy, peace, patience to grow, while, while you can't make fruit grow, you don't ever see an apple tree striving. <laughs> Have you ever seen an orange tree sweating when it's time to get the fruit out? It's like just trying to pop out the fruit it's just natural it comes out of it because that's what it produces and when we realize the holy spirit is in you he will naturally produce love joy peace you've got it and it's about yielding to him the more you get stronger in that and yielding to what he would have you do so often it looks like this often it's responding in the opposite spirit than what's coming at you. You know when someone comes at you, the Bible says a, a, a harsh word stirs up wrath, something like that. Don't quote me, I've just stuffed that one up. But anyway, you know, someone comes at you with a real angry, angry spirit and, and you respond with love, it just, just diffuses it. And not, and not like a manipulative love, not like that, but actually just a genuine love of God. When someone comes at you really anxious and really worked up and you are the, you like, you've got peace. And you're able to offer the fruit of the Spirit. You've just got this peace because the Prince of Peace lives in you. And they are able to eat the fruit and it makes a difference. See, the fruit of the Spirit is actually for the welfare of other people in our worlds. 
as it grows in us and through us. But it is yielding to it. So Paul says it this way. So I say in verse 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walking by the Spirit is yielding. Who knows that you can't walk with someone unless you're in agreement with that person. The Bible's pretty clear on that, that when two walk together, they're in agreement. Walking in the Bible, to walk together, there is an agreement. And see, the Holy Spirit is not wanting to come into agreement with your choices. The Holy Spirit is not going to come into agreement with your life. He's saying, you've got to come into agreement with me. You're going to want to walk with me. I want you to walk in the Spirit. Then you come into agreement with the Spirit. Agreement that you are going to yield to His way, not your way. And you have the power to do it. It is in you already. And you want to yield to His way. And one thing that motivates me to do this is the fruit of the Spirit because it's so good. I'd much rather live with this love, joy and peace than the anxiousness and the stresses and the secrecy and the hiding sin and the stress of my, my choices and all that. I just, the fruit of the Spirit will lower your blood pressure. It'll make you healthier, make you stronger and will you live longer. It's so much better for us. And, but it's yielding to it with agreement to the Holy Spirit. Now on the last page. They say if, uh, if, you, if you want to get air out of a glass, a vase or a glass, something, you know, you try to get the air out, you can't pour it out. The only way to get rid of the air is to pour water in, is to displace it. And, and that's what God is saying. I want you to focus on walking with me. The more you focus on walking with me, the more you less worry about having to try and fix up your life. Because the, the word sanctification means to become more like Jesus. And yes, it's a process, but it doesn't happen by you getting 10 steps to this and, and saying no to this and, and focusing on all the bad things. It happens when you focus on the right things, when you focus on the Holy Spirit filling you, that you are love, I am joy, I am peace. Oh, that's right. And uh, I'm even patience. Man, that one got tested at a restaurant recently. Woo -hoo. And I failed. I failed. I was not patient at all. I asked Sky. She's like, she actually went up to the place and said, could you get a move on? Or my husband's probably going to flip out of here. I'm just being honest. I'm just being real. I struggle like you. And I was, I was convicted because I knew what I was preaching on this week. And I was like, man, God's given me opportunity to grow patience. And I am failing. But really, what it is, is I'm just missing my inheritance. Because maybe if I was patient in that moment, maybe if I was just draw that out and yield to the spirits god there was something there with that person who know who i don't know and i don't feel condemned there's no condemnation in christ but i'm learning i'm wanting to learn wanting to grow wanting to be a better husband <laughs> i thought i'd get an amen there but anyway so the focus like in ephesians 5 is to be filled with the spirit and the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit, and it contrasts it to being drunk with wine. And it says, so in contrast, it is that, come under the influence. Be under the influence of my Holy Spirit. And when you are, when you blow through the breathalyzer, you will see love, joy, peace, patience. Kind. That's the sort of thing that God's looking for to say, I want to see your fruit. The Bible says, you shall know them by their great their fruit, not their miracles. They shall be known by their fruit. Amen. The fruit is the maturity. And so just a question, what are you under the influence of at the moment? And this is what I want to say to you. There's something going on in our lives right now. I've got stuff, you've got stuff. And this quote that I've mentioned before, it is more important that it is more important what is happening on the inside of you than what's happening around you. This really was a really helpful thing for me. 
had quite a difficult time in my life in ministry a few years ago. And I remember God really making this clear to me. And I actually had a, uh, a, um, a ministry coach at the time, and he's so helpful with me. And we need these people in our lives to help us to come back to this, to go, Brad, what's going in your, on in your heart? What if you focus more right now about how you're responding in your heart than what's going on around you? than what's happening to you. And I was like, wow, what if my goal became, how is this making me more like Jesus? I don't like what's going on. I don't agree with what's going on. I think it's wrong. I think there's this stuff here and that stuff there. But how am I, how is God using that to actually shape me to be more like Jesus? How is he using that so that I become fully developed and mature in the fruit of the Spirit? And, And that's the actual goal of the fruit of the Spirit. It's an inside job. And so right now, here's the good news. Whatever's going on in all of our lives, you have an opportunity every single day to wake up and to respond to those opportunities with, Lord, help, help me see what's going on inside of me, where there's this anger and frustration, Lord. Why? And, and, and I want to see that become peace and joy. And Lord, help me in that, and Holy Spirit. And as you lean into that and prayerfully lean into that, you'll start to see opportunities where you're like, whoa, that wasn't me. I don't normally respond like that to my wife when that happens. And I just responded with patience. And she said she was going to be two minutes, and it's been two hours, and I'm just still sitting here happily. I don't know what it's like for you. I mean, this is, I think Sky's biggest blessing is living close to the church because I'm always at other churches when I'm there. I'm like, last one to leave. And she's like, now she can just walk home. I'm off. See ya. But these things are developed in their moments and you get stronger in leaning to the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So it's not that you're working harder. I don't want you to hear that. It's that you're yielding better because this is God's purpose in this scripture, Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined. Here it is to be conformed to the image of his son. I want to tell you this morning, God is sold out. I was going to say hell-bent, but that's a weird thing to say about God. Not that. He is absolutely passionate about you being conformed to the image of Jesus. And guess what? He's not so much concerned about the results you want to see. He's concerned about the person you're becoming on the inside. That's what you're going to take to heaven with you, who you are, who you become. Amen? couple more things is this, is that uh, intimacy produces fruit. So we are going to get into the fruit of the Spirit, but it's just not enough time. But intimacy produces fruit. So yielding to the Spirit, being intimate with the Holy Spirit, embracing Him is what produces fruit. Uh, who knows that the Bible says that uh, Adam knew, his, knew Eve and she conceived. That wasn't an email. You'll get it later in the car on the way home. But Adam knew his wife Eve. The intimacy produces fruit fruit in your life. Amen. If if someone wants to get pregnant, it's not just a conversation that needs to happen. and, And this is what it's saying. It produces fruit in your life when we are intimate with the Holy Spirit, when we are connected with Him in such a way, it produces this fruit. Therefore, there's the, and Luke did a great job last week of challenging us to spend that time with Him, to listen to Him, to be with Him, to not just tick off appointments, but to Stop and yield and be filled and be refreshed and refreshed by the Holy Spirit. Be intimate with Him. But it's in everything. See, intimacy is really about somebody knowing everything about you. Does the Holy Spirit? Are you sure? He does. God knows it anyway. So I gave up years ago. I thought, well, you know it all anyway. I might as well just be honest now. I'm struggling with this, Lord. 
Holy Spirit, this is holding me back from my inheritance. If this continues in my life, I'm not going to inherit the kingdom in this area. So Holy Spirit, I need your help. And he's there. He's a helper. God's not, he's not there going, oh, yeah, I've been really angry about that. He's there going, great, I've been waiting for you to talk to me about that. I've been waiting for the intimacy. I've been waiting to get close to you and want to walk with you and talk with you and help you be intimate with me. John 15, 4 says, Remain in me also as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain, or abide is the other word, in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain, abide in me. See, that is the abiding thing, is that, that, that remaining and abiding in the, in the branch. Who knows that, 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 that branch, so in the vine, that branch gets everything from the vine. It doesn't produce anything itself. We get nothing. You can do nothing of yourself. You need to be connected to the vine, to Jesus, he's saying. And everything you need comes through there and it's filling you and it's everything that you need. But it's abiding, it's staying there, it's being there, it's remaining in the vine. It's like, you know, um, if, you were just to, if your Christian life is just a, an event, like a Sunday event, and for some people it is. It's like my kids got all these awesome questions as they grow. One of the questions is like, so are Catholics going to heaven? And all these questions, or uh, uh, is a, what's the difference between this one and that one? And it's great, and I always just keep saying, look. The only people that are going to heaven are forgiven people who are following Jesus. That's all I can say of that, okay? No matter what church they go to. But there will be people in churches now that it's just a, maybe the Sunday event, they're not, but they're not remaining in him. It's like when you fall in love. Who knows that when you fall in love, you may see a, your girlfriend or boyfriend, you may see them uh, on an event, maybe once a week, you go out for dinner. And you have that time of intimate time together, just talking. But who knows, all week long, you're thinking about them all week long. You're abiding in that. You're, all you can think about is them. And what are they doing? I might give them a call now. And all this sort of stuff when you're in love. Because love just causes you to abide. And God's saying, if you really love me, it'll be natural to abide in me. Because I'm your life. It's all just love, love, love. Love, 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 love. It's love. <laughs> Lastly, and the team can come up. The team can come up. It's all We're going to finish off now. Um, and this is where it comes to where we're going to go for in the next couple of weeks around the fruit of the Spirit, is we need to release the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. It, it's about releasing it for others because who knows that the Bible says, taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, the thing about fruit, all fruit, is it's always visible. I've never had gone to Woolies and come back and said, I've got these apples, but they're, they're invisible apples. Sam? paid like two dollars anyway fruit is visible you can see it and right now there may be fruit of the flesh in your life what are you offering people you've got the choice in our in every day in every circumstance in every opportunity in things that are happening to you and with you you can offer flesh or you can offer fruit it's the choice is us and, and the flesh is dead and, and it offers death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace See, these Christians in Galatians, in Galatia, these Christians, they, they weren't non-Christians. They were just carnal Christians. And carnal is to be dominated by your flesh, by your five senses, that they lead you and guide you with everything. And he's, Paul's like, hey, I don't want you to be, you don't have to be like that. You've got the fruit of the Spirit, man. 
Stop with all that stuff. You don't need that. You've got the fruit of the Spirit. And so releasing it to others in a situation. I remember when, uh, finishing on this, when I was driving, we were driving somewhere, me and Sky, and, um, and we had to stop. And I don't know about you, but I'm, a, I'm a, uh, not a fast driver, but I'm, I try to I rush everything. I'm a rusher. I walk really fast. So I'll often, and I might have said this before, I apologise if I do, but I'll often be standing at the shops with the keys, ready to lock the car, and they're still in the car. They're all getting out of the car. I'm like, come on. This is, what is, why does it take so long to get out of the car? And it just, ugh. Anyway, I'll rush everywhere. So when we're going somewhere, I'm always walking fast and I'm waiting for them to come. And then I'm waiting for, I've got stuff. God's working on me. Hey, there's some development going on in here. And you guys are so much cheaper than therapy, so this is great. And we were, we were going somewhere, and I remember we, we stopped at a, at a car park because, of course, they've got to go to the toilet. Can't just hold on. But anyway, and we stop, and we look out, and this other car pulls up, and we know the person. And I just shrink in my seat because I don't want to be seen. I'm in a hurry. I want to get moving. This is, this is time. is precious. So don't let them see me because I know the person. And I know they're going to talk a lot. Anyway, Sky, Mrs. Holy Spirit, <laughs> opens the door. It's like, hey! I'm like, oh! And then I thought, you know what? I should really say hello. This looks really rude right now. And there's nothing worse than a Christian with gifts and no fruit. So I get out and I go over and we actually, uh, she breaks down in, in tears, the person, and she had just lost a loved one and, um, and was not in a good place. And me and Sky offered to pray for her right there and then to pray in that moment in the car park. And we did and we prayed for her. And you know what? That was part of our inheritance. That was part of God's inheritance for what we needed to do in that time. And if I just yield to my selfishness, my ways, you miss your inheritance. And if you lean into the fruit of the Spirit and go, hey, see, that's the thing. Every delay, every denial, every setback can become a setup if you lean into the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house or someone's, I think it was, when he, he stopped to heal a woman. He went out of his schedule and lent into who he is. I am love. I am patience. I am peace. And he went out of his way to lean into who he was. And I want to encourage us, church, come on, in this series, as we look at the fruit of the Spirit, lean into who you are. Don't miss out on your inheritance. Take the time to let the fruit of the Spirit manifest and give it to others because they need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Are you with me this morning? Would you stand with me as I pray a blessing over us? Lean in. Yield to the fruit. The good news is you can. If you're comfortable to close your eyes, I'm going to pray a blessing over us as a church. Father, that we would be the kind of church that the world can taste and see that you are so good. Oh, Holy Spirit, with your fruit that is in this church, I pray for maturing of fruit, for developing of fruit. Lord, for your love to be what we are known for and known by. And love expressed in all those different ways, Lord, of patience and kindness and gentleness. I thank you that this fruit doesn't make us weak. It makes us strong for you. I pray, Father, for the kingdom inheritance that is ours at Kalamunda. That it would not be stolen by the enemy. That it would not be stolen by us yielding to our sinful desires. But, Father, we reckon that to be dead. Would you fill us with holy desires, Father? Holy desires for you, for hunger for you, for more of you. 
I just speak the fruit of the Spirit over our lives, over our families, over our marriages, over our children, over our, over our workplaces. And I pray for every person standing that would receive that in their heart by faith, Lord, and say, yeah, that's, oh, I want to be fruity this year. I want the fruit this year. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you agree with me, say, Amen, Amen. amen. I'm going to hand back to the worship team. If you're here this morning, uh, well, as part of our practice at Kalamunda, as we have people that would uh, available to pray for you down the front or on the sides, I'll be around. Uh, feel free to come down and just receive prayer. We've got a prayer team that would love to pray for you. Maybe something I've spoke about, or maybe nothing to do with what I've spoke about, but you need prayer. We believe this is a house of prayer. Amen.